Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. On this week's Highways Voices, we're going international again, talking all things transport technology across Europe. Some of the OEMs actually went into the data sharing business, that's about access to data and data coming from these vehicles. They built own operating systems like Cariat of software uh, that's from Volkswagen, built an own subsidiary, Mercedes-Benz as well. We have the same with Volvo cars, for example, and the truck companies also reinvented themselves. The new CEO of Vertico ITS Europe is our guest on today's podcast, giving one of his first interviews explaining the value of tech and how we're working with the automotive companies too. Nothing to be sceptical about when it comes to this European leader, who's today's Highways Voice. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So Joost van Tom, the new Vertico CEO, is on the way. But first, here's Adrian Tatum with his take on the biggest stories we've run on Highways News. A new artist impressions and maps released by National Highways show over 60 kilometres of new or improved pathways for walkers, cyclists and horse riders. That will be delivered in Kent, Thurrock, Brentwood and Havering as part of the Lower Thames Crossing project. National Highways is one of the biggest builders of new pathways in the UK and in total the Lower Thames Crossing will deliver almost three kilometres for every one kilometre of new road designed to encourage active travel and promote health and well-being across the regions. The plans include new bridges and pathways that will connect to upgrading and extending routes to give local community and visitors easier and safer ways of travelling between the area's parks and woodlands, heritage sites and employment centres. Also this week, a new study into the effect of bike share schemes across the UK is highlighting how bike share schemes are helping reduce the need for people to drive and giving them health-boosting exercise. The charity Collaborative Mobility UK says at the end of September 2021, there were 39 locations served by bike share in the UK. It added e-bikes are now firmly established as a popular component of bike shares and cycling more generally. Elsewhere, Cheshire East Council needs to invest as much as it can now to improve its highways in the future. A councillor was warned. It comes as the authorities include £7 million in its capital programme for 2022-23 for highways and a further four million for the year after, and four million for the two years after that. Councillor David Brown from the authority suggested an amendment which would see that four million in both financial years was increased to six million though. He asked for a major review of highways and transport funding, both nationally and locally. Councillor Brown told a local committee that the lower the investment in roads, the more the council had to spend on temporary repairs. Revenues money spent on pothold repairs is very costly compared to plan repairs, which are more cost effective. That lasts between 10 and 20 times longer. Also this week, Cumbria County Council has published its Transport Infrastructure Plan 2022-2037. to The plan was developed by the council alongside Cumbria Local Enterprise Partnership and describes the role of transportation and connectivity in supporting sustainable and inclusive growth in Cumbria. The plan outlines a vision for improving transport infrastructure in Cumbria so that residents, businesses, visitors and the national environment can all benefit. The plan also outlines how Cumbria can respond to the challenges posed by climate change and the ongoing recovery from the COVID pandemic. Also on the site, that's the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. You can read about a safer cycling initiative in Greater Manchester, Amazon's hopes for awards glory in Australia, the value of connected vehicle solutions, and about the final stages of the M27 Smart Motorway Upgrade project. You can read all of these, plus so many more stories on our website. Remember to follow us on Twitter 
Twitter and LinkedIn. Details are all in the blurb where you can also sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. When my friend Jakob Bangsgaard told me at the ITS World Congress in Hamburg last autumn that he'd be standing down as the CEO of Ertico ITS Europe, I wondered what the future might be for the organisation. Well, we needn't worry, because during that week his successor was announced to be Joost van Tom, a man with a busy background in automotive, the postal service and telecoms. So, what are his plans now he's taken over at the Ertico HQ in Brussels? Well, he joined me on Highways Voices this week to give me a very encouraging view of the future and first a review of his past quite a right in terms of nice people good good team uh, excellent knowledge and talents and competences in terms of governance i knew article before so that's that's not new in terms of governance of the thing but of course working now inside and having to manage and leadership yeah that's a different thing of course but very well no i'm i'm, I'm impressed positively we're working on new plans what the normal ceo should do the first three months i would say getting acquainted with the with the structure with people with the current projects and yeah check if you have uh, new opportunities that's exactly what we're gonna do yeah for those that don't know you remind us of your background i'm a lawyer by um, education long time ago 30 years i also did an additional study on economics a lot of additional diplomas on business and management certificates i started in the it sector on the telecommunications sector for a number of years, where I was in charge of privatization and liberalization of the telecom sector. It was uh, due to the European Commission's, well, the Commission, the European institutions to liberalize that sector. So in the UK, it's BT, for example, uh, that has been liberalized. Quite an interesting road for these companies. They were old incumbents, sometimes old-fashioned also. Most of them were actually held by the ministry or by, uh, by the public authorities. So, they need to divest into that and they need to liberalize this. So that was the first quite a long period I spent there. It was also a period where new technologies came in. So that's why I'm, I like this innovation and in technology. It was uh, we, we could talk about the old telephone and, and sending data. Then the fax came up. And then after the fax, we got these little toys here, the mobile phones. Then I was a discussion here with Will the mobile network eat the physical network? Why would we need still have physical networks with coax cables in the ground and copper in the ground? Cost millions to maintain and uh, and to build. Uh, and suddenly there is a there is either Wi-Fi takes over or mobile uh, cellular connectivity. So there was uh, quite some challenges also. And then we got the over the top players, and we have a, a bit of the same here in our industry in the ITS. Over the top players uh, like the the hyperscalers the Googles of this world, the Amazons and, and the Apples, that suddenly could play telephony. Well, WhatsApp is actually a good example. With WhatsApp, you can call, you can video, uh, you can do conferences. So you don't need these copper lines anymore of the telecom operators. You don't need their stuff. You, you just have it on over the top, as we say. So the business model of that traditional business uh, industry is, is really shaking, was shaking, and still to some extent. So And they're becoming a commodity like electricity and and trail, rail and so on. So also 5G, we still have to see what will be the real business case for 5G in the future. So that is something I've been working in quite long. Then another period was the logistics and the postal sector, where I have been 
very much advocating the um, the liberalization of the postal sector at European level and national with the, with the postal incumbents. Also there, uh, some of them were all dinosaurs, some others were more advanced, where we got this yeah, legacy of the past in terms of personal modernization and business, the business model of a postal sector, of course. It's not about letters anymore of Royal Mail in your country. It's about uh, parcels logistics, which brings me then to the interesting challenges. How will we drive that kind of mobility of the postal operators. They have such a huge fleet on, yeah, it used to be trucks, vans. Now they have electro-mobility things. That's all very nice. How will we divide the space in cities on urban mobility, for example? How to use the, the curbside management, for example, of the street? Does everybody needs to order to be able to get his parcel in J plus one, which means the, nice, the next day or even the day itself, do we all need to have parcel operators with their own deliverers or can we have a shared delivery, a pooling of resources for all kinds of societal reasons, sustainable uh, climate change and so on. So, so that, that model comes back now in my current job on, the, uh, on sustainability and urban mobility. Afterwards, then I went for two years more or less in Hill and Knowlton, which is European well, an international consultancy within Brussels. So public, public affairs, lobbying for a lot of clients and, and building up a client space. And then automotive, which brought me to, to Artico. Automotive for the, the Belgian Federation of the Automotives, like the SMMT in London, for the UK, same here. I worked there as a director of public affairs and executive committee. And then ASEA, you know, ASEA, the European Association of the OAMs, where I have been hired in 2016 to put smart mobility and ITS on the agenda, higher on the agenda. Because at that time, it was still about uh, producing the best car, the less emitting car, and uh, the most beautiful car. But then suddenly, the Commission and also the, the, the European environment says, yeah, but this should be about how to use a car, how to use a light commercial vehicle and a truck in the most efficient way, how to do it in, in a climate-friendly way, and what about car sharing, for example, and, and data sharing. So that brought me in the European Association as a director of smart mobility into Ertico, in the board of Vertigo and was chairing the strategy committee. I guess you've seen the article that I have written for me on, on myself, eh? so you can hear a bit on this. And all this nicely comes together in Vertigo. It's about logistics, it's about smart mobility. So it's actually moving people, moving data and moving goods. What we do and with ITS, of course, thanks to connectivity and automation. A long explanation, Paul. <laughs> no, but it's fascinating listening Is to it? you because okay. when I think about the fact of what I write about as a transport technology journalist, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I write about connectivity, is the mobile phone network. I exactly. write about logistics. Yes. I write about automotive, all these things that you've been involved in. Now, how do you take this vast experience, knowledge and contacts and actually leverage it best for Vertico? <laughs> We leveraged it in terms of, um, first, my past was um, always an industry in transformation. Yeah, You will not find me in legacy industries where everything stays the same. Otherwise, that would be boring. So you have to see what are the business models of the past of these companies. Why do they exist? Either they are monopolies or they are a commodity business that you have to take anyway. You need to take the train. You need to take the electricity. You need to take the postal sector to some extent as well. And I was always fascinated how to transform these businesses because you have new challengers and you have challengers in our smart mobility, the challenges, the IT and hyperscalers and that business uh, and all the transport modes. And I always been fascinated how to transform that. And secondly, 
how to put people uh, together. So I'm really believing in the power of ecosystems where we put partners of different sources, different backgrounds together. And Ertico is actually one of the few, probably the one, the only one, uh, public-private partnership in Europe, putting so much uh, sectors together that have to do with one overriding thing. It's about mobility. Yeah. In the past, mobility was individual mobility. That's your car, public transport, train, tram, metro, bus-ish, more or less. Uh, and then the inland waterways and aviation sector. And that's it. And every transport mode was working on its own, with its own vehicles and its own instruments. But these instruments were not connected to each other. They were just on their own. They were not so efficient because they, were, they didn't get data from others. There was no V2V, V2I, V2X at that time. And there was no automation either. So with ITS, we bring these worlds together. So in my constituency here in Ertico, we have eight sectors. And it's not only the OEMs or the road authorities. We have the industry of the connectivity sector. We have the IT. We have the service providers, the suppliers. I would say it's the users, for example, as well, the research centers. So that brings me nicely together. So it's about challenging the existing business models and being need to change. And secondly, putting groups together, different ecosystems and have to work together uh, in a seamless way. And that's exactly what we do in Ertico. I want to pick up specifically, because we could talk forever on connectivity or logistics, but I want to pick up on the automotive sector purely because for a long time, the automotive sector lived over here and then the transport sector lived over there. And the, um, the automotive sector would basically, they'd build a car and then they'd sell it. And the next time they had any touch point with the customer was either when they traded in to get a new one or they took it back to be serviced. Right. Now they're much more interested in what happens to the vehicle once it's left their forecourt. Now, a great example, Porsche, a few years ago, buying PTV, the transport modeling firm, to actually understand what was happening to the vehicle once it was being used. How do we actually continue to build on the, the we, we, we're closer than we were, but we're still a long way apart from having a seamless solution between the manufacturers and then the transport operators. What I saw with ASEA and the OEMs, the 15 OEMs in Europe, is that first they're, of course, predominantly focusing on, on their own vehicle, on their own instrument that they built. On the CO2 standards are of capital importance, uh, electrification, alternative fuels, all that thing is, of course, very important and the safety features and so on. But that's one thing. What they, however, did also is see, well, it's not only about producing a vehicle, it's about what can we do with that instrument that we put on the market. So, and, and some of the OEMs actually went into the data sharing business. So that's about access to data and data coming from these vehicles. They built own operating systems like Cariat of software. Uh, that's from Volkswagen. They built an own subsidiary, Mercedes-Benz as well. We have the same with Volvo cars, for example. And the truck companies also reinvented themselves. They said, well, it's not only, only well a standalone truck. Now we need the taco graph in the truck because there's European obligations, but also the trucks can be connected to other trucks, can be connected to warehouses, to harbors, to ports, so for the container traffic. So thanks to that connected reality, either Wi-Fi or cellular networks, they could be much better used and, and um, I would say the conditioning would be much better. And that's some of them, uh, some of the truck companies have really went into that business as well, next to the production of their own trucks and some of them went into the automation stuff as well for example for cars we see some car uh, manufacturer doing uh, pods 
example, and shuttles, some of them. On the truck side, we see um, more and more integration of trucks with container traffic on the ports. We see that in, in, in Sweden, also in other countries, where they really take more and more space in the transport sector, I would say. So all this work you're doing, you talked about the eight different uh, verticals that yes. uh, Ertico is, is, is working on. Somebody listening to this who works in a local authority or works for a, a supplier or is a consultant here in the UK, they might think this is all very nice and it's nice to know that there's a European level of ITS being organised by Ertico, but what's it got to do with me? So how would somebody listening to this actually get involved in what you're doing, either through Ertico itself or through the national associations like yeah, ITS UK? Yeah, obviously, this is not a, a cloud that drives on itself. We, we do indeed European projects every day. We have European funded projects. But all these projects are not done in, in isolation. We work with national companies, of course, with, with physical, with people and with goods and and and. and and real companies and authorities. So in the UK, we have quite a number of projects running there. Also Transport for London, some interesting projects. We do the same in other countries, EU, 27 countries then. And this is always in sync, I would say in synchronization with, with the national, um, I would say uh, the national constituency. And that's why every time we have European projects, we think about how to assemble a consortium where we have national interests. Yeah? Um, truck platooning, for example, we did a recent uh, which is showcase in Spain. So, of course, we have then the local authorities in Spain involved. Uh, the road sector, we have a, a good dialogue, actually, with, with, uh, with the road authorities. For example, in, in the UK, it's uh, national highways uh, and some others. So that means we, we have a touch on the ground. We, we're not just virtual and doing papers and then talk shops. No. And uh, how can you get in touch and involved? First, the easy one, it's a newsletter, like everybody sending out newsletters. So you go on our website, article.com and there's definitely a section on newsletter uh, you just yeah sign up on that one and you have which all the news of most of our members so the latest and greatest of this and the second is obviously coming to the ITS congress and all Paul you were there in, in Hamburg we got 13,000 people uh, it was fascinating in October last year we just escaped on the covid crisis on that one the next one is very promising as well that's in May 31st of May for 3 days now in Toulouse France and we got just a number of days there online, on site, I would say, and it seems to be very promising. So there you can touch and feel what is smart mobility, how does it work, and what does Article do for you. The third track that we use is the national ITS associations that you know very well for the UK, Paul. We call them the ITS nationals. Yeah, they do the national constituency of our eight sectors in Europe. Uh, they bring it at the national scale uh, and very concrete. Uh, they put people and these companies together to, uh, to work for solutions. And we have a, a, a committee, a kind of steering committee and, and uh, plenary meetings with them so that we can touch base, learn from each other, promote each other and do maybe some joint projects as well. Yeah. And you mentioned Toulouse, which yes. I'm really looking forward to. Yes. I, I, I loved getting back to seeing people in person in three dimensions Indeed, and yeah. just having a great <laughs> week in Hamburg. So we've got Toulouse, the European Congress returns for the first time, actually, since, since Eindhoven in 2019. So it's going to be great for us all to get back together for that. What can we look forward to and why should people from the UK, apart from obviously some great weather and scenery, come over to <laughs> Toulouse at the end of May? Well, the topics will be a bit different this year. Well, obviously, the, the, the overriding ticket is about mobility, but it will be definitely about new mobility. 
Yeah, what kind of new mobility formats do we see? Toulouse Metropole, as they say, so the surrounding of Toulouse, they have quite some playing ground there with, yeah, with new, I would say, new ways of of moving people and goods. Secondly, the whole data space will be quite important as well. Everything has to do with with cloud systems, with data sharing, access to data where we're going to see some some live examples. And thirdly, logistics will obviously be important. Uh, and I forgot to say urban mobility as well, because this is the fourth city and in, in the fourth biggest city in, in France. So urban mobility and all its consequences will be a big ticket. All this with the source of sustainability, of course, climate and air quality. Even for UK people, I would say, please come over. It's only crossing the channel, touching and feeling uh, yeah, smart mobility, what it is. And we first met very briefly in Hamburg when everybody yeah, wanted to shake your hand and welcome yeah. you when you were announced as yeah. the new CEO. I'm also planning my trip to Los Angeles and the, the journalism I'll be doing there and I'm sorting out flights and accommodation at the moment. When we look at Europe, we look at what's going on in Asia Pacific and what's going on in North America. How do you think we on the, this continent are actually doing when it comes to ITS innovation? I would say pretty good. So I, I have my contacts, of course, on a monthly basis with uh, with Laura Chase and uh, the colleagues also of uh, of the Asia Pacific. So ITS America, ITS Asia Pacific, and, and some others. And we discussed the uh, where are we, what's uh, the track record, and but what is still to do. But I have to say, uh, I was with in my ASEA time every time every year in Asia, in China as well in a, in a working group as delegate for Europe. And on connected and automated driving, I don't think we have to be ashamed at all. People might think that we are not so far, but we are actually very far. Um, the regulatory framework is is getting in place uh, with the Commission and the Parliament, and some bits have already been done. In terms of projects, a lot of European-funded projects go to connected and automated. Truck platooning is a recent one that is so we'll be closing now the project. So, and you can see on, on the website of Vertical, you see all these European projects involved in connected and automated. When I compare it with with uh, with China. With US, well, we're actually doing better in some some aspects, to be honest. Yeah. Another thing we have to be proud of is uh, the whole plan of urban mobility, and this is the impulse also of the sustainability chapter and what the European Commission is doing now. So the re-transformation of cities uh, in terms of reusing of the space uh, and 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 various programs that is going on in a fast tempo. Just wanted to have more synchronization amongst the cities on the rules because it's getting complicated now to know what is still allowed in one city and, and not in the other in terms of mobility, the mobility with vehicles, for example, or public transport. The only thing we, we, we definitely need to put on the agenda, which the Commission does, European Commission, is the data economy. So it's not about production of vehicles or production of public transport entities that we are very good at. We have the best competing companies there in Europe, but we don't have a real foothold on the data, I would say, producers and the data machinery. We still are heavily dependent on the hyperscalers so the, the four of them, and that's why the European Commission came up with a program to leverage the European impetus to have yeah, European data companies and involved in that, which will benefit also for us as European ITS providers. A new friend to Highways Voices there, used Van Tom, the Ertico ITS Europe CEO, and proving that the future of European coordination of transport technology is in very safe hands. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. This is Highways Voices, and before we go, we've still got time for... Adrian's accolade. And Adrian, who wins this week? And my accolade this week goes to JCB and the team at Stoke City Council. The council has a mission to fix potholes more quickly and permanently after completing almost three years of repairs in just over four months. 
This is with JCB's new pothole pro machine, which was launched last year. The authority has repaired 10,000 square meters of road with the Pothole Pro in just 130 days, an area equivalent of eight Olympic-sized swimming pools. JCP says using traditional methods, this task would have taken 1,000 days or more, almost three years. Council became the first to invest in the machine last year, having trialled the technology in the months before. So although there are various different alternatives out there, Certainly this task between uh, Stoke City Council and, and the Pothole Pro Machine seems to have uh, got those repairs done quicker and more effectively. So that's why they're the worthy winners of my accolade this week. A great innovation from JCB there. And as Adrian says, worthy winners of Adrian's accolade. And that'll do it for our programme this week. Thanks as always for listening. Join us again for more transport chat and a really big announcement next week on Highways Voices. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 